Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Capaccio, Capaccio, Capaccio on WGR. Oh, this is exciting. I just got my, wasn't expecting this. You get these from certain uh, sites, websites that you use. This is my, a look back at my 2023 betting highlights on FanDuel. Oh, FanDuel, my most bet on teams, Philadelphia Eagles. All right. I mean, I'm not uh, bankrupt or anything like that. It's probably a good team to have. You don't want it to be like the Sabres. Kansas City Chiefs. Boston Celtics. Well, that goes to show you I don't really bet on FanDuel very much or anywhere. But love the uh, the data. Love the, love the information. And I'll uh, try to do better next year. Sal Capaccio with me on the West Her Hotline. Sal, are, you, are we to Happy New Year? I've been... I've been saying it. Yes, you have been. What did I've you start? I've been saying it. I've yesterday, I think. Okay. Good. But I've been. I've also been saying Merry Christmas. But I don't know if I said that to anybody today. I've been saying Happy Holidays and Happy New Year over the last couple of days. I would say seems right. Seems right. You know your stuff. So um, should we start with Von Miller? Today was the day when sure. he broke his silence. I don't know. Is there anything to be said? About the timeline, feels like maybe nothing will come from the allegations. And Miller, as often happens, uh, went with blown out of proportion, 100% false, these kinds of things. Yeah, that's what he said. And I don't know about the timing, um, other than he's been asked to speak by various media members over the last several weeks, after games, after practices. Uh, Typically, we hear from Von Miller throughout the week that hasn't happened since the arrest until today. Um, so I'm not sure about the timing there. Obviously, you know, he felt that now was the time for him for whatever reason. Uh, that is what he said. He said, the, <coughs> excuse me, allegations and details of the incident are uh, completely wrong and blown out of proportion, 100% false, other than the fact that he said that the only thing that was true is that they do have a third son on the way. That is the woman that um, he is accused of assaulting. I uh, said they do have a third son on the way, his pregnant girlfriend. They said that part is true. Everything else is false. Um, and, you know, he's going from there. So that's what we know now. And, you know, he's been playing ever since the arrest. The Bills had said uh, back in early December when this happened, November 30th, I think it was the actual the, the incident. And then he turned himself in on November 30th. Uh, the Bills have said that they're going to take their lead from the NFL and the investigation. And they'll let the legal process play out as he plays. Right. 
on the field, Sal, like he, as you said, he has been active through this. Um, any, any change for you? Are you seeing Miller make strides that give you hope that he'll become more of a, a, a game changer going forward here? I have seen that. And then you see it go the other way. Like I thought we were getting there. And then I thought last week, you know, he wasn't really much of an, a factor at all an impact, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe I, I think he is drawing a little bit of attention. So I guess that could be something, uh, but I thought he got swallowed up a little bit last week against the chargers. Um, but he said, he did say today that basically I have to remember the exact wording, Mike, but I think that he said, obviously the knee is not quite where, it needs to be or he wants it to be, but he's still working hard and it's the best place for him to be here in Buffalo with the rehab they have. And he's you know confident it'll get back there. But he kind of gave an indication for the first time that it's maybe not exactly where it should or needs to be for him to feel like, you know, he can be what he used to be and has been on the field. OK, one uh, development we didn't talk about yesterday that I recall was Kyer Elam being brought off injured reserve activated. Mm hmm. What do you think will happen with Elam? Like he was, you know, for most of the season, of course, not on injured reserve, but also not playing on Sundays. Do you think maybe they're ready to play him? Mm, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I think that he'll be probably inactive. Like my guess is, I don't know this, but just looking at the fact that he's been on IR and there's no, been no change in the active roster ahead of him, right? So you still have Taron Johnson, Rasul Douglas, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson. Like, those are your corners. And Cam Lewis, who can play behind Taron Johnson, none of those guys, they're all still active. They're also on the roster. So I don't see a pathway to him being active unless maybe the final week of the year, Miami, because of their offense and the way they play, if you want to have an extra defensive back. But even then, I think that it's we're going to have him here. He's ready. And if there's an injury, we will activate him for the game but otherwise to me it looks like just from the numbers wise that he would still be inactive unless that happens okay i would uh guess the same what about uh the rest with injuries any changes today from yesterday yeah the only thing Shaq lawson missed today with an illness um so you know we'll monitor that obviously and see and hopefully Shaq's okay uh but that was the only thing that really changed today other than von miller and leonard floyd both being back to participating in practice they were um dnps yesterday but both were vet rest days now leonard floyd did have an injury designation along with a vet rest day yesterday um yesterday it was rib wrist and rest but he was back to a full and von miller back to a full after a dnp yesterday otherwise i don't think there was any change in anything from yesterday which was a walkthrough okay how are you regarding the patriots here so it's two wins in a row to get to four and eleven, congrats, by the way, New England on those two important wins. But they've gotten them <laughs> and they've beaten the Bills, and their defense looks good. Um, how do you look at this game? I mean, it's a thirteen-point spread. It's easy to look past it. I, I think the Patriots have kind of steadied the ship a little bit here, and for them, right, for what they're doing. And I know they beat the Bills the first time around, but we know that they're not one of the better teams in the NFL. I think one of the issues they're having was their quarterback play and not settling on a quarterback. They've settled on a quarterback, and not that Bailey Zappi is great, but I do think it allows your team to kind of you know, practice better, be more efficient, understand what's going on. They've done that here, and we know that they have a good defense. They've had a good defense all season. Um, so, yeah, I think they've kind of steadied a little bit. They spoiled 
Denver's playoff chances, maybe. I mean, they still have a chance, but now they're benching Russell Wilson. So they basically, you know, went to Denver and said, okay, we're going to, you know, spoil your party. And I think they'd love to do the same here in Orchard Park. And then maybe Bill Belichick's last game ever as a head coach, especially if, at least not in New England. And that would be against the team that he'd love to beat, and that is the Jets. So I think they're looking to kind of do that over the next couple of weeks. That, that, that said, it's still the Patriots with a very, very void, big void at, at, at any playmaker spot. And I mean, Devontae Parker's played well lately. Him and Bailey Zappi seem to have a connection. Um, but they don't have playmakers. They have a slow offense. They, Ramondre Stevenson's on an IR. They're very banged up still, even on defense, on offense. Um, so I, you can't lose to Bailey Zappi. The Bills are a big favorite because they're a better team. They have a much better quarterback. They have to keep winning here to save their season. I understand that. But they're a team that can bite you, and I do think they've steadied the ship a little bit. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. I think, Sal, also, Belichick, if the Patriots were to lose both of these games they have coming up, would tie for the all-time lead in losses as a coach. So um, you know, if he's going to mm-hmm. continue coaching after this year, He'll probably get that, but he's still going for that wins record. What do you think happens with him? I think the Patriots move on from him. Um, whether they're going to term that mutual, not I don't know how they're going to do it, but I do think the Patriots will move on from Bill Belichick. He will not be their head coach next year. And I guess there's going to be a team and an owner that says, oh my God, I have a chance to get Bill Belichick and go out and hire him, whether that's the Chargers, the Commanders, if they move on, whoever that might be. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if that's the smartest play. I mean, if you want some credibility with football people, I guess that's what you do. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to change much of an organization as a coach, and especially if he has to have all the GM power as well. But absolutely, if he wants to coach, I think he'll have an ability to do that. There would be value in an organization, of course, bringing him in and having him break the all-time wins record while on their sideline. Yeah, like the dilemma, he's obvious credibility, no matter what sort of we all would say about how the Patriots have gone wrong here in recent years. But the personnel part is the hard part for me. Like if he were just the head coach, I think several teams could easily get there. But is he going Mm. to, and maybe he will, Sal, like is he going to sign up for, like I'm just going to be the coach here, I'm not, like because that's what I think a team should want. If you look at the Patriot drafts and their their skill position guys, you know, Sean McVay just reacting with that laughter when they drafted. Uh, Cole Strange, I guess, has been pretty good. That was the player, wasn't it, that they drafted like what McVay thought was two days early. Um, just very curious, if not dubious, draft picks here. I don't know. Like, will there be a team? Sure. Credibility. Chargers, Washington, both good examples, easy examples for that. But will they give him the greater power? It's a good question. My thought on that would be, if that's the case and he's okay with it, wouldn't New England be okay with that too? You know what I mean? Like, instead of moving on from him, if Bill Belichick says to another organization, look, I could just come and be the head coach, why wouldn't he say that to New England? Because that seems to be part of the issue as well in New England, which is he has all the power and we have to cut ties here. It's not because of his coaching. It's the whole package. Now, maybe they feel differently and say, we just have to. It's time. And I I get that and I respect that. Um, but if he really wants to be a head coach next year and says, I would do that without the power of picking personnel, I would think he'd have a conversation with Robert Kraft about that as well. 
talking to Mike Giardi yesterday from the Boston Sports Journal about this. It's just it's the the idea of the game passing a, a legendary coach by is always like tough for me. Like, why would that be? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, maybe this is right. Giardi, I think, is really good. And he's basically, you know, he just doesn't seem to want to mo- modernize, was the word, in, in terms of offense. Thinking all three phases are equally important, that kind of stuff. Like, is that sort of maybe your guess here, too, that, that Belichick, with post-Brady anyway, was stubborn or wouldn't sort of move, which kind of maybe to you and me would seem like the obvious move into – whatever it is spread it out more just how you would how you would describe uh the changes teams need to make offensively to do that and that new england hasn't made yeah i mean like i've been saying for a while that i think that belichick he has a certain way of going about things and it's always kind of worked and he's won all these games and he's the most accomplished coach ever and we've learned and a big part of that is when he's not calculated correctly it didn't matter because he had Tom Brady like he just covers up for all the holes if you have Tom Brady you can miss everywhere else because you have Tom Brady well Tom Brady's gone and you can't miss as many times and you can't think differently and you like Bill Belichick he's a very very good defensive coach he's a great schematic coach I think that that is still has still not changed except for one area he gets beaten a lot by mobile quarterbacks. That has changed a lot in his tenure as a head coach. And you know what else he never got himself? A mobile quarterback. Like, that's the part of the game, I think, that has really changed. When you say passing by, I agree with you. It's hard to say because, come on, these guys, they know football and really how much has it changed. It's changed a lot. You know me, I, I think, and I've said this many times, I for my money, Joe Gibbs is the greatest coach ever. I think he Ooh. did more with less more often. Mm-hmm. I think he, he won three Super Bowls with... Three very average or at least non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks went to four of them. But the game also passed him by at some point. He left. He came back. The game was different, right? So to me, that's the – if I had – if you gave me a really solid roster but not a great quarterback, of all coaches I've ever seen, I would I would have Bill – I think Joe Gibbs would be the best coach for that. I would I, take Joe Gibbs over anyone to coach that team. I never knew that about you. I never knew that was one of your takes that you you were a Gibbs guy, like yes. so strongly like that. I want to think. I don't have an answer ready for best coach ever. The first name that comes to mind for me is Walsh, with their innovations in San Francisco, and like yep. you know everybody's tree kind of just traces all. Well, this to, also to Paul Brown, but to. Uh, to Walsh, but um, that's cool. I like I like that you were just right, right there with best ever coach Joe Gibbs. Well, it's hard for me with Walsh, and I agree with you a lot of what you said because he did have Montana, and I don't always want to dock people for that. But as soon as he left, they won a Super Bowl again without Walsh, right? And mm-hmm. with Steve Young, and they had a great team. And there's George Seifert right there, and so it's hard for me to get there with him. I think actually Don Shula deserves a lot of credit in, in this regard. He did not. The fun, funniest thing about Shula is he didn't win with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, Dan Marino. He didn't win a Super Bowl. They won a lot. They didn't win a Super Bowl. But he won with Greasy, and he won with Earl Morrill, and he went to a Super Bowl with David Woodley. Right? I mean, like, that's I think that's coaching to me. That's taking a, a player in a situation, a roster, and elevating it. And I think Shula's there. I think Gibbs is there. And the point I'm making is, it is also hard for me to say, oh, the, this game has passed someone by when you're that great of a mind. But even Gibbs, the game passed him by. I do think the game has passed Belichick by. I don't think he's ever adjusted for it. It took 20 years. Now, it's one thing to say you had this great quarterback for six, seven years. 
But when you have one for 20, you're kind of institutionalized. You think that's the way it goes. And after Brady left, I don't think he knew how to figure it out because everyone else was doing all this other stuff that he never had to adjust for because he had the greatest quarterback ever to cover up the holes. It's a great debate. It's interesting how change of scenery either works for you or against you or changes around you. Like Shula winning in Baltimore and then Miami immediately mm-hmm. is looks great on him, right? And then, you know, there were 1974 is their, is their last Super Bowl. So it looks great on you when you move and make it work. And Belichick had Brady move on him and just sort of uh, it's fallen apart. Sal, let's talk about. You know, my- you know, I, I'll tell you, you know who else is a really, really good coach. He wouldn't be. I wouldn't put him greatest ever because of him actually adapting is Dick Vermeil and what he was able to do. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he leaves for the, so long. He comes back. It's the greatest show on turf. And you're like, man, the game changed from when when he went to a Super Bowl with Ron Jaworski at quarterback. You know, and then he goes and he has the greatest show on turf. I think that speaks a lot to his adaptability and what he was able to do. Love it. And since you mentioned Shula and Vermeil, I want to say that Shula's last game as a coach, Vermeil's in the booth. That is the Jacksonville playoff game? No, that's here. Uh, Shula. That's, that's 95. I'm sorry. Mar- right. Marino's last game was the Jacksonville playoff game. That's 95. Hold on. And that's Tim Tyndale mm-hmm. and um, uh, Derek. Derek. Um, what's the, the, Derek the Holmes? I'm, I'm thinking I'm blanking. Derek Holmes, yeah. And the yeah. the ABC booth is Musburger and Vermeil. That's right. Uh, let's talk Miami-Baltimore. What do you see? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Miami is very banged up. And Baltimore is smelling blood in the water right now to close this thing out for the one seed. So I think that really favors the Ravens. Like, the way they played last week, the fact that they can tie up the one seed here coming up, I think they really want to go after that. And they and Miami went there and beat them last year. Had that comeback, you know they're thinking about that. So I think from that standpoint, you know you, you have to really favor Baltimore. But I I think that Miami's defense has played a lot better lately. They really have. Now they haven't beaten great teams. I'd be the first to point that out. Like some of the teams they've beaten in the stretch where they put up good numbers defensively, they haven't faced the best quarterbacks. You know, it was like Washington, the Jets, the Raiders, the Titans. So and they didn't beat the Titans. Um, I. I would choose Baltimore to win here. It wouldn't stun me if Miami won. Uh, but I, I think Baltimore wants to close this thing out, and they're playing the best football of anybody in the league right now, maybe, overall, all three phases. Uh, Zay Flowers may miss, who had a nice game in San Francisco with maybe Waddle on the other side. Waddle almost definitely, it seems, will miss this game for Miami. They've lost their center. The line has moved slightly toward the Dolphins in the last 24 hours plus from four to three. So there's some pressure uh, coming. To, com- there's some money coming in on Miami uh, for that to happen. But you know, sometimes with a thing like that, when it gets to three, maybe it'll bounce the other way. You're just trying to get the, yeah, you know, the the extra half point or full point. Any new? Well, let me ask you about the Chiefs really quick because yeah, this all matters. Decent, ch- fair chance, maybe even good, of Bills Chiefs in Week One. Will the Chiefs get it right? I mean, I keep thinking they're going to get it right, but it hasn't happened all year. And I, I don't know the way out of it for them to get it right because I, they're not changing their wide receiver core. And if they change, it's probably for the worst. They're not you know, going to grab an all-pro off some, you know, falling off a tree somewhere. Uh, unless Travis Kelsey, maybe 
you know, Eric Wood makes a good point on Kelsey. You know, he missed that opener. He had an injury. You know, maybe he's been yep. dealing with it all year. Maybe suddenly he just gets super healthy. I don't know. It's tough. They're they're not going to have a bye. They're going to play every week here, so that's tough to do. Um, I guess if they get healthy, and Pacheco can be an X factor for sure. We've seen that happen. So I keep thinking they're going to get it right. They just never do. And as of right now, if you gave me a choice to play Miami or Kansas City in the first round for the Bills, I might take Kansas City because of that. I just I think Miami can. They can be really explosive at any moment, and I don't see Kansas City being explosive. They could play defense, and they can. That would be the thing that would scare me. And they they did a good job on the Bills on that side of the ball, especially their interior. But I I don't really fear them the way that you know you you normally do here at this time of year. Is there a chance the Bills could play the Dolphins in Week One? Playoff Week One, yes. There is. They'd have to be. The, yes. They have to lose this week, right? The Bills would have to lose this week um, for the sep- to be the seven. So if they did, though, I think it would be it could be back in Miami. Oh yeah, no. Right. It, so if the Bills, it, it can't yeah. be it can't be the Dolphins here. The Dolphins right. are the five if the Bills win the division. Right, but if Miami, okay, so let's say the Bills win this week and lose next week. I'm gonna say win this week in Miami. Um, Loses. Okay, the bill. The Miami is eleven. The Bills have ten. But then Miami wins that game, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. against the Bills. Can't they drop? You would need well, they could drop to the three. No, they would. They the can't be, can be lower six. The Dolphins. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna get. It's gonna become convoluted here. There's a. Yeah. There's not much of a chance for the Chiefs to get to mm. the two. They have to win both their games. Right. The Dolphins have to lose both their games, and the Bills have to lose here Sunday. For the for Miami to finish yeah. AFC East champs, because the Bills would be ahead of Kansas City if if the Bills and Chiefs tied, and Miami That's right, and the Bills won the division. So I could get to Miami as the two, and maybe if the Bills lose both games, right. somebody else gets to ten and seven, but the Bills still win a tiebreaker. That's going to be tricky. That's going to yeah. be. I, I, there probably is. I know there is a way. I know there is a well, way. It's uh, what it says here. NFL playoff scenarios, uh, Bills at seven, eighteen percent. There's more than just a slight chance. But would that be with Miami as the two? I'll, 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 I'll figure that out. I was assuming, and this is before this week. I guess I thought maybe it could be because Miami would go the four, and the Bills the five. But that's not going to happen now. Jack, the the AFC South winner is not going to be able to pass Miami. Really, no chance of that. Right. And as long exactly. as the, if the Bills beat the Patriots, the uh, the Chiefs can't get to two. Pretty sure. Right. Okay. Thanks, Sal. You got it. Thank you. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearance is brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor, your place to buy a case, George Urban Boulevard in Depew. What's your outlet? All right. Here's another chance for you to jump on. I'll have Greg Wyshynski later talking Sabres, and he wrote a nice piece at ESPN.com today about the first Winter Classic, one of the greatest Buffalo sports days ever, I would say. Um, But, you know, well, I was going to say this year is a different story. Every year since almost is a different story than sort of the, the joy around the Sabres on that day. It was a loss, but still it was a great day. 803-0550, Bills Patriots, Dolphins Ravens, the playoff picture, questions, comments, here for all of it. Took some Sabres fans calls in the first uh, hour. I mean, what is there to say? What do you want to see here? I'm Mike Shope. Bulldog is off today. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.